What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions and our news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Very special day today. Ben and I had our fantasy draft today. Um, it in the past been a lot more uh, a lot more hands on. We've done keepers and and um, you know did it over Zoom or in person before all the pandemic craziness. Just a straight up. Straight up snake draft on ESPN today. Still fun, but uh, hopefully soon, someday we can get back to the old, the old ways. There's just so much going on, which brings me to my next point. Uh, this will be our last episode until. Oh man, I should have done this before we started recording. Uh, let's see. Pull up my phone here. Bad form. Bad host. Come back. So it'll be our last episode until september 25th so it'll be four weeks okay uh we have the wedding next week of course so i'll not be recording the podcast while i'm getting are married. you sure i'm you very certain i'm very certain in yeah no quick. i don't i don't think that's gonna i don't think that's gonna work uh okay. and uh the following two weeks me and the well then wife will be off to uh sunny florida for a couple uh for some some honeymooning so you're gonna be at disney though right well yeah but then they have wi-fi we can just you know no <laughs> dude you see you have clearly not seen the bill for this trip absolutely not uh fair, fair, enough. <laughs> fair enough i will uh yeah but once that's you know i certainly don't want to rush any of that but once that is behind me um we'll get back to a regular somewhat regular schedule unless there's just not a lot going on that we may skip a week here or there but um just been crazy uh all the planning and on top of other things and you know life in general just uh so if you don't see us in the next few weeks going back don't worry nothing bad happened um but that is why however this is episode 184 and i figured in honor of our 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 draft today uh, who'd you take first, first round? Alvin Kamara. Kamara, okay, cool. Um, I, was, I wasn't I was sure. Uh, and uh, I took uh, the great Derrick Henry. Uh, we'll see what he has left. I generally have a um, habit of when I take a great player in the past and have them for the first time, uh, that tends to be their downward start to the season. So Titans fans, if Derrick Henry is not Derrick Henry you're used to this year, just blame me. Sorry. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to go just division by division. And, you know, this isn't going to be a extremely long episode. It's not going to be a deep dive at anything. But, you know, we have all eight divisions we're going to go over. And then we're going to give uh, the 80, is it 80? 80 through 61, the next yep. two sets of 10 for the NFL Top 100. And, uh, yeah, on our next episode back, we'll probably just finish it up because it'll be done by then. They're already at number 10. So we'll probably just finish it up, read 60 on down to 1. Uh, and then probably give our, our playoff predictions and I would say our thoughts to that point in the season because we'll be about two weeks into the season at that point, three weeks. So it'll be we'll have a little bit of a, a scale as to where things are going and how things are shaping up, you know, according to projections and all that stuff. So it'll be a fun, a fun comeback episode, and this will be a fun episode too. So let me pull up NFL here. So we're going to start in the NFC East. 
got Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Commanders. Uh, I have a pick for the winner of this division that I don't think you'll really disagree with, honestly, but it, it might be a surprise if you said it going into last year that the following year this team would be a contender for the division with all the work some of the other teams did. Might surprise you. But what, do you, what are your thoughts on the NFC East? There's, there's a lot of moving parts. And Dallas subtracted, yet some argue that subtraction of Amari Cooper is a plus. C.D. Philadelphia... Lamp probably <laughs> argues that, yes. Uh, and Philadelphia kind of kind of added a big chip in their yeah. uh, wide receiver yep. core. How I look at it, there is a demarcation line right at the middle of the division where you're going to have the Giants and the Commanders fighting to see who can le- uh, win the least. And then it's going to be the Cowboys and the Eagles kind of fighting for that division title. I'm intrigued by the Eagles. Intrigued by every everything they have going on there. But something tells me the Cowboys are going to edge it out. It's going to be one of those years where the Eagles and the Cowboys, who's going to give it up first? And I feel like the, the Eagles are just going to give it to the Cowboys. Another one of those NFE, NFC least divisions where they just who can who can who can just give it up? And I think the Eagles will give it up to the Cowboys. See, I, I kind of differ a little bit there. Uh, not in the sense of there being a clear line down the middle of that division. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody who, I mean, even trying to troll people could say that's anything but a two division, uh, a two team division. Uh, obviously, the Eagles and the Cowboys, those two teams. Look, I, I know. Look, Cowboys got Dak, and Dak is. Dak was the best QB not signed to a long-term deal two years ago. Then he gets his money, and everybody's hating on him. All of a sudden, he's an overpaid fourth-rounder instead of this guy who came up and proved he was better than his draft position. I don't really know what the truth is. I know Dak can put up some nice numbers, some nice stats. He's the best quarterback on that team for sure. We saw it with the injury two years ago. Is he worth all the money? Who knows? But Zeke hasn't been Zeke, and... They're not going to put Tony Pollard in, in front of him uh, with a heavier workload, even though they, some argument they, might, they should. Um, C.D. Lamb, it's, I think, is going to be a top 10 receiver easily. No, I mean, who knows how high up that list he can even go, but he's super talented. We haven't seen the best of him by far yet. Uh, offensive line isn't as great as it was in the past. Retirements, injuries, free agents. It's not the dominant brick wall it was a couple years ago. I think, honestly, the Eagles win this division pretty cleanly. I think Jalen Hurts is far better than he gets credit for. Um, And he's only going to get better. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but this is a team that was looking to potentially – I mean, acting like they were going to trade him or cut him. We're looking for another quarterback. And I'm like, are you insane? Have you seen him play the last year and a half or so? Like, come on. So I think Jalen Hurts is – he has a lot to prove. Um, he's a competitor, so he's going to want to take that chip on his shoulder. And Well, I, I shouldn't say that because he has every right to feel uh, slighted. So it, it's not a chip on the shoulder if it's you know obvious to everybody what's happening. He's going to lead his team to a division title. Um, are they going to be dominant? No. Defense is good. 
uh, offense, I think, could be very exciting. Very, very exciting. It could be a top – honestly, it could be a top five offense in the league if everything pans out with the addition of A.J. Brown, another year Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, Giants and, and Commanders fighting for the bottom, and the Giants had better hope it's them because they need to move on from Daniel Jones. Bad. And well, the Commanders could probably wish the same thing because if there's a top quarterback prospect coming out next year, one of those two teams is going to have a great chance of getting them. Uh, but yeah, Eagles win this division. Cowboys are probably a wild card team, and the rest is there. NFC North: Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings. This one's tricky, Chris. This this could go in any way, yeah. shape, or form, any direction. The Bears could win it and surprises. The Packers could roll everyone over again. <laughs> the, the Lions are there. The Lions are there, but you got there, there's a lot of hype around them. Oh, line. there is. There and, is. And yeah. I'm wondering here's what I'm wondering is is there too much hype? Is there too much propping them up? And then before you know it, they're oh oh and eight or one and seven and just mired in just disappointment and then you have the vikings where coaching change yeah kirk cousins (laughs) dalvin cook justin jefferson like what you should have the pieces of what should be a good offense to great offense and you just wonder if that defense just got too old and too broken to really compete in that division anymore I mean it, it, I gotta go with Green Bay just because the known commodity at quarterback yeah just despite the fact that he you know lost his best receiver oh, which is probably the best receiver in the <laughs> yeah um, it's still he still has a proven track record of like over all three of those four other quarterbacks combined, there is some upside with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, and they have some nice pieces. I just look until until Chicago can put it together with their new head coach. Same with Detroit and same with Minnesota. I'm going to go with the known commodity in the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. That's just the way I'm going to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, I certainly can't blame you there. Um, the Bears, I think. Man, I think I think the Bears and the Vikings offense, not that the Vikings offense was bad, but it certainly wasn't what it could have been under under Mike uh, Mike Zimmer. He, I don't know, man. That guy, you got two two of the best receivers in the league, uh, a quarterback that yeah, he's not great, but he's certainly not terrible either. I know I give Kirk Cousins a lot of crap, but you could do worse than Kirk Cousins. And uh, I you know I kind of changed my mind after seeing some some stats on him. Um, it's certainly not just him being the reason they haven't made the playoffs and, and, and won anything. Uh, but certainly not going to go buy a Kirk Cousins jersey, but <laughs> I think I give him a little bit too much grief. Um, Packers are, man, they, you know, at least people saying Aaron Rodgers will three-peat as MVP. I, I, I don't understand that. Are they going to be bad? No. Are they going to be a top contending 14-15 win team in, in this conference? No, they're, they're just not. 
uh, and they're going to leave the door open for Minnesota or Chicago if they can get their crap together to potentially give them run for their money. Detroit, a lot of hype. Two really young, well, more than two, but two really exciting, specifically young offensive players in DeAndre Swift and Amara St. Brown. Especially St. Brown. Swift, he's just had injury issues. When he's been on the field, he's done well. And uh, St. Brown had a really, I don't want to say surprise, but it kind of came out of nowhere last year. He wasn't really one of the highly touted rookies, and he had a really, really nice season. A lot of explosive plays, a lot of fun to watch. I mean, a good season for Detroit, realistically. I'm going to sound like a jerk here, but honestly, it's, it's what, six, seven wins? I mean, if you can go from what they were to six or seven wins, you're probably feeling pretty good. Yeah. And that's a nice start from where they came from. If you have consistent players to build on and you keep getting better, then that's great. So I don't. I think they're in the bottom of the, of the division. Uh, I, I think Chicago is going to improve with with the new coaching staff offensively. Another year for Justin Fields, David Montgomery. Man, I mean, am I wrong to think David Montgomery has the tools, like the physical talent, to be like an MVP candidate caliber running back? No, you're not wrong. It's just it's I, I know in the happen. offense, the offense they were under was not going to happen the last couple of seasons. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I, I just he has that talent. Like this guy will surprise people if he has a consistent quarterback and a, and a coach calling plays that put him in a really good position. He's going to thrive. All, it all hinges on like this. This is his season where he's going to show the league, show his uh, his his coaches that he a has the talent and b can be an impact. Because now all those you know naysayers and, and all those conjectures about you know he can't do it he can't do it well and factor in the fact that his head coach was probably a moron to be honest i know he got the head coaching job and that's good for him but you know matt now you just incompetence what it seemed like in chicago and this is his opportunity he, he he's has a stage right now where Justin Fields needs support from a talented veteran. That's what David Montgomery is now. He's a talented yeah. veteran. And this is his opportunity because I'm going to guess he's either on his fourth or fifth year. I'm pretty sure it's fourth because I don't think he was a first-round pick. So this is kind of his you know, make-money year. And Montgomery? Yeah. I, 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 don't know if, I, don't, I don't know where he's at with his, with his contract, but he's got to be coming close to that point where – you know, it's going to be a make-or-break time for him. And I just I just think all the excuses, valid as they were, uh, are now pushed aside, and it's a make-or-break year for Dave Montgomery to prove what his skill and ability are. Let's see. Uh, yep, we're going into his fourth season. And I think it was a second-round pick, right? And he is third round. Third round. So, yeah. 70, he's, 73rd this, overall. Yep. So, this is, this, you know, this is his make or break year. So. Well, he, uh -huh. he has the talent to do it. And, and, you know, Fields, I think, is better than he showed last year. He, the kid was not walking into the ideal situation. And I think Chicago did the right thing for their, their draft capital investment, their team investment in Justin Fields. And said we need a new coaching staff we can't have this kid keep learning under this system it's not going to work he's not going to flourish he can't be what we think he can be 
So I think Chicago could be a sleeper in that division. I'm going to take Minnesota. I think with an offense that's going to more than likely be more focused on the pass, you have great receivers, and then you have an awesome running game where if the defense isn't certain you're going to run it 35 times a game, Dalvin Cook can not only stay healthy running it less, but can actually have a defense off balance. And you have guys like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen who can definitely handle the, the receiving workload. I'm going to say Minnesota, Green Bay second wildcard contender, Chicago probably contending for most of the season. They're just such a, a, an anomaly like or a mystery. I don't know. But I see them being third in that division. And I, I, yeah. I see it tight to the end, Chris. And then, you know, week 16, week 17, Green Bay just, you know, I, at least one, if not both of those games will be division games. I think that's where they just pull ahead. And just by attrition and consistency, that's where they're going to pull. But I think Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota really will show something. We'll, we'll provide competition for the Green Bay Packers to the point where they're going to have to look at themselves in the offseason. I don't think they're going to win it. I'll, full disclosure, I don't think Green Bay's winning it all this year. Um, they're going to have to look at themselves and say, okay, now we need to decide on Jordan Love. Now we need to decide on this. We need to decide on a lot of things. Yeah. Because we now have not one, not two, but three teams that are sniffing behind us, and they're coming. On to the NFC South. We have the Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, Falcons. If you had asked me this oh, a month, month and a half ago, yeah, the answer would be different. Yeah, same here. Look, because you're so this, there might be more variables in, in this division, especially at the quarterback position, without a doubt. Obviously, with the exception of one team, than any other division or uh, yeah, division in the league. I mean, the Panthers. Look, yeah, Baker's going to be starting. What Baker are we getting? Are we getting the first round pick Baker, the first overall pick Baker, who had that really good rookie season, and either couldn't stay healthy or kind of fell out of favor with with management in, in, in Cleveland, seemingly midway through year two. Uh, are we gonna Are we getting a guy that's focused? Are we getting a healthy Christian McCaffrey? Uh, uh, DJ Moore. What kind of year is DJ Moore gonna have? He's been shaking up a little bit. If all these things come together. This team could be really competitive. Could be. Falcons. Okay, so they have, uh, uh, what's the quarterback's name? Um, Mar Marcus Mariota. Mariota. And did they draft somebody too or no? Yeah, what's his name? Kid out of Cincinnati. I can't remember his name. I cannot either for the life of me. Desmond Ritter. Ritter. Okay, so there's going to be a competition between those two. I don't know if it's been decided yet or not. Truth be told, I'm not completely up to the second on all my Falcons news. <laughs> But uh, competition there, and who knows? Maybe this Raider kid's going to be great. Maybe Mariota just needed uh, a couple of years without the pressure of starting to come back and have the career people thought he was going to have. Who knows? What's Kyle Pitts going to do year two? What's the running game going to look like? I don't think Atlanta's going to be a really competitive team next year. Um, I don't think they're going to be awful, but they're going to be in contention for a high pick again. The Saints... 
what's Michael Thomas going to look like? Is Alvin Kamara going to be worn down after another year of, uh, of such a heavy workload? Is Jameis Winston going to look like he did the first you know, part of last season before he got hurt? Taysom Hill going to settle back into a role where he's actually effective? Uh, how's the defense going to go? So many different ways. And then the Buccaneers. Obviously, the receiving core is one of the best in football. Brady is the greatest, but you know, they're a year older, and there seems to be some other things off the field that are affecting him the last couple of weeks, months. Who knows how that's going to go? So many variables. I am still going to take the Buccaneers because I just, you know, if you have uncertainty and then you have Tom Brady on the other side, you just take Tom Brady. So, why I meant why I made that statement before is I I would write this off. Division one. Check make Tom Brady wins again. He'll be in the playoffs. Where we go from there, I'm not gonna gonna disclose, but that's where I would have been at. But just the beating that offensive line has taken over the past month. By the way, we haven't played. They really haven't played much yet. He's lost. I think it's two offensive linemen for a significant portion of time. One of them, I think, all year, and another one has some uh, potential uh, injury issues. Is Tom Brady going to be able to stand upright? Take aside his personal issues. I'm sure he can. When the season starts, he can divide himself from his his personal issues. I want to put one of these teams as the division winner just to be a contrarian. But my, the Carolina Panthers, I don't trust. I think they're going to be a turn into a hot mess very quickly. Atlanta, I think they're just on that spiral of let's get the first overall pick and we'll have our pick of the litter. And I can't trust Jameis Winston. I just, I just, the last sound like the Buccaneers three off seasons ago, right? I just my lingering memory of of thirty inter, thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions should have been the defensive player of the year, but you know who who's counting? Uh, it just, it, I think just by attrition. And and competency, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this. All right. Well, we're in agreement there. NFC West, San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. This one is, I'm going to say, is intriguing. Not as easy as, again, a few months ago. Would have been a much different answer. The dynamic of Kyler Murray. This this could swing the Arizona Cardinals one way or another. The health of Matthew Stafford. I don't know if they're playing it up or he's actually, you know, going to play through his injury, but it, it, is it as serious as they're saying it is? I don't know. Seattle's just, you know, I mean, they're they're pretty much done. You can... You can call that right now, Chris. They're, they're kind of... I don't have them doing that well. Right. They're fighting between, what, Drew Locke and Geno Smith? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So and, and you're supposedly, welcome. yeah, and supposedly Gino's the leader in the clubhouse. Last time I remember, yeah, people seem to love Gino in the clubhouse. I mean, he he can be a great clubhouse guy, but sh- on the field, oh, I'm sure he's a really nice dude, just not a great quarterback. Right. Uh, and the the curious case of the San Francisco 49er quarterback room, even though Trey Lance has been named the starter, uh, boy, they still have. Jimmy G on the roster, as far as I know. I, I well, I want to go with LA just because it, it they brought a lot of pieces back and it makes sense. They seem like they just have all the pieces and they've added a few new ones, subtracted a few. Something tells me that San Francisco might yank this away from everybody, everybody else, because it. Trey Lance is just that much of a mystery that he could shock people. I know we played a few games last year, but really unleashing the offense with him as kind of, you know, the figurehead. I don't know if that's the right word, but like, uh, sort of like what the Ravens did with Lamar that first season where he just kind of, Took this took the NFL by storm. I think we could see something like that. Plus, he's got a lot of pieces. Debo Samuel. Oh yeah. Brandon Ayuk. Kittle. For two quarters a game. <laughs> or a year. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Plus, they're always pumping out running backs out of the oh, draft. Yeah. They, yeah. they seem to be just littered with them every year. Something tells me that the Niners are going to pull this off, and I'm intrigued by them. I think this division will be competitive. Uh, right out the gate, I agree with you. It's going to be San Francisco. The defense is still going to be very, very good at worst. I, uh, Debo is one of the most electrifying players in the game. George Kittle, I know I made a joke about him not playing very often. Poor guy's been injured. But obviously, he's on the field. He's a force. He's super talented. One of the best tight ends in the game, without a doubt. Um, Ayuk, certainly no schmuck. Uh, only going to get better. And Lance... Kids look good in the preseason, and they decided to go all in on them, like they should have. They just spent that draft capital. They knew Jimmy G wasn't the guy long-term. Now, if you're Cleveland, and you have the cap room, you pick up the phone, you trade for Jimmy G, so you can stay competitive for 11 games till, you know, your sexual predator comes back. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go San Fran. I think the Cardinals and the Rams fight for second. Uh, who knows with the Stafford injury? You can't assume him and Cup are going to have that same connection. The league's going to figure something out. Cup is incredibly talented. Stafford obviously is as well. It's not like they're going to be bad, but the, this just happens. The league figures these things out, these kind of players out. Week seven, Cardinals on top of some of the other moves they made are also going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, I know I drafted him in our draft this uh, earlier today. Uh, I think it was like the ninth or 10th round. Took a flyer on him on the bench. No idea what to expect. This guy could be done for all we know. Like, he hasn't exactly played well or been healthy when he's been on the field. Six games, sitting out. Who knows? He's certainly not old. I think he's 31, going on 32 maybe. But he's starting to get up there for a wide receiver, especially one who's had some injuries. Who knows? He could come back and be a dominant force. Could come back and be... 
it could be a Michael Thomas situation where you just don't know because he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Seahawks, I think, are definitely bottom of the barrel. They're in a major rebuild. If I were them, I would have tried to trade for Baker. I said that for a long time, right after the season ended, in fact. And it you saw the falling out between Baker and the Browns. Yep. They didn't do that. There is absolutely no way that the Seahawks, especially all the crap they pull with ticket sales and stuff like that when, when their, their team is competitive, are going to get any kind of deal done with the 49ers. They're just not going to be a trade between those two teams of any significance. They're not getting Jimmy G. I don't really know of another quarterback out there that could really help them in this situation at all. They seem bound and determined to ride with either Geno Smith or Drew Locke. <sighs> Who knows what the running back situation will be. You know, you have Lockett and Metcalf at quarterback, uh, quarterback, a wide receiver. Won't be any talent issue or deficit there, but the rest of that offense is suspect at best. And lucky they gave those guys some money this offseason because uh, that's going to be the only thing keeping them smiling during this regular season. I go Niners, Cardinals, and Rams are both going to be competitive, possibly both wildcard winning teams. But until I see a full season with Kyler, I can't, I can't. Until I see him not flop the final six to eight games of the season and just seem like he doesn't even care. Right. I can't pick the I can't pick the Cardinals win the division. I've made that mistake before. So I'm going to San Fran also. They uh the Seahawks did officially two days ago announce Geno Smith as their week one starting quarterback. Congratulations, Seattle. I tell right. I tell you, dude, that is that is them. <clears throat> It's yet another team that just is signaling they want top three pick. Not top five. Top three. Yeah. Well, AFC West. We'll go from one conference west to the other. The Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers. What, I mean, is going to have to be the most competitive division in the league most entertaining to watch. I mean, there's not a single division matchup in this in this division where you're going to go, uh, uh, but I can skip that one. No way. So the Raiders looked okay last season, had a good offense, made it to the playoffs. Oh, all they did was add, uh, what, Yannick and Jaku? They added Yannick and Jaku this year? Oh, no, that was, that was last year. That was last uh, year. They added um, um, uh, Chandler, Chandler, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. And, of course, the best receiver in the game, Devontae Adams. Offense and defense. <laughs> it's their, their, I think, third best team in the division. Um, <laughs> Broncos. Oh, okay. All we did was we traded Drew Locke and uh, our tight end, some picks for Russell Wilson, who is now coming into a situation with a great running game. Um, I know people aren't as big on Melvin Gordon as he used to be, but Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are going to be a nice one-two punch. Denver has the receivers. Denver has a much better offensive line. And Russell Wilson's going to get the prove now. He's going to, you know, people stay healthy. Is he as good as everyone's been saying? And then you have the Chiefs, who, I don't know, where this really surprised me, because the Broncos had just had Devontae Adams, and all of a sudden the Chiefs turn around and they trade Tyreek Hill. They tried Tyreek Hill. They're having, uh, you know, cap issues. Imagine that because they paid Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars. Uh, and I don't – this team's going to be good. 
because Mahomes is legit. He's great. Uh, he's not going to have Tyree Kill there as a, a security valve, though. He's going to have Marcus Valdez-Scantling. They do have Juju Smith-Schuster for whatever that's worth. We'll see. Could be great. Could be Captain TikTok again. Who knows? That team, I think, is the biggest mystery on offense. And you have the Chargers, who I think win the division. Justin Herbert is going to have an MVP caliber season. The team added offensively and defensively. And they're going to be up there for best team in the conference. Any of these four teams legitimately go on a run, they could win this division. Legitimately. They have the talent. They have the personnel. They have the mindset. This is a stacked division. I'm going to go Chargers. But, man, is this going to be fun to watch. I think you articulated all four teams correctly. Um, it's going to go, the winner is going to be the most consistent team. And I don't mean consistent by the, just this year. I mean, a team that has formed uh, uh, an identity on offense and or defense over many years. And I look at two teams specifically, and that's Kansas City and, and the Chargers. I think they've they've grown a culture each each side of a high-powered offense that can score on demand almost. And what the problem is, is Kansas City has decided they wanted to take their X factor and move on from that X factor, being Tyreek Hill. Now the best receiver on the team is Travis Kelsey, but the bet the biggest X factor is was I'm sorry Tyreek Hill. So we're going to see early in the season defenses try to corral Travis Kelsey and say, uh, let's see, you brought up a couple of players. I'm going to bring up as many as I can: Juju, MVS, McCurl Harmon, Sky Moore, rookie, Justin Watson, rookie. Uh, even Josh Gordon uh, beat us. That's what they're going to say. They're going to say beat us. You can throw in, if you want to throw in Clyde Edwards Hilaire, go ahead, throw him in. Jared McKinnon, throw him in. Who's going to beat us? Because we're not going to allow, as a defense, Travis Kelsey to beat us. If I was the defensive coordinator, that's what I, that's what would be my mindset. So oh, yeah. I'm going to double cover him. I'm going to put a shell on him uh-huh. and just say, okay. Let's see McCall Harmon, you know, make consistent catches. Let's see MVS make consistent catches. Let's see these rookies perform above and beyond. Let's see Juju come back to, you know, last year with AB where he was just outstanding because he had talent with him. Let's see that. Because if if it doesn't happen – uh, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs can win by running the ball? No. Because no. I, I don't. And that's where I think the Chargers are just – just they built this brand for the past few years, and I think it's just there's so much continuity that they just added pieces here or there. Not impact, but it's just helped the team each and every year. And now you have this – offense defense pairing that I think is just going to run away with this division uh, with the other three teams, just fighting for that second place spot. I think. And when I say run away, I'm looking at the end of the season, it's going to be a three game, uh, three game ahead 
by the end of the season for the Chargers. So I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. I just think the I think Vegas needs another like one more year to really kind of fine tune because you're gonna have that you know you got Hunter Henry uh, not Hunter Renfro you got Darren Waller and you got Devontae Adams you got to figure that out a little bit and then I think one year for Denver to kind of figure out which receivers are the right pairing with Russell Wilson I think you could have an insane division next year but this year I think LA takes it on to the AFC South, the Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, and Jacksonville Jaguars. This one, to me, is easy. Is it? Uh, eh, okay, easy is not a great it? word. It's not, actually not so much. I think, first of all, Jacksonville entirely depends on the development of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm not really letting a cat out of the bag there. Anybody really knows that. Um, I... This team could be fun to watch if, you know, Christian Kirk ends up being worth the contract and, and, and you know, Lawrence was able to do the things that people thought he was going to be able to do coming out of college. A lot of ifs there. Texans, I think Davis Mills is going to be one of the better quarterbacks from last year's draft. I really do. Um, I, I don't know why. The feeling I get from watching this guy, watching the way he plays, the way he carries himself. Uh, is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Who knows? But he's going to be fun to watch. He's going to be competitive, and he's going to – I think the fans are going to be less upset about the events of the last year or two where they thought they had the franchise quarterback, then he ended up being a creep, then they traded him. After this season with David Smills, I think they had a pleasant surprise last year with how he performed. Uh, most 300 are passing games by a rookie quarterback. And with all the big names that came out last year, that's something. Titans, with the Derrick Henry show, uh, they did sign Robert Smith, or excuse me, Robert Woods, in the offseason. Robert Woods, I've said for years, is one of the most underrated receivers in the game, along with Jarvis Landry. Uh, if Tannehill can throw the ball, great. That's always a what if. They have the rookie that drafted Willis, I believe, right? They're the ones who ended up getting Willis. Yeah. Who knows? He looks like he could be a really exciting player. You know, he's been compared to Lamar Jackson with the way he plays and can run the ball. Who knows? But that's at least exciting if you're a Titans fan. If you have Derrick Henry running the ball and then you got, you know, Robert Woods who can catch it. The receiving isn't their strong point, but they're a running first team. Anyways, if Henry's healthy, it won't really matter. Tannehill just has to not lose it for him. And then the Colts with Matt Ryan. I don't think they're going to be this world beater just because they have Matt Ryan personally. Uh, I, I do think Jonathan Taylor will be an MVP candidate. He's going to be a monster. Uh, he's going to have a much less difficult time, although he makes it look easy regardless, since, uh, you know, I think defenses certainly respect Matt Ryan far more than they expect Car Carson Wentz. So, and Matt Ryan can deliver the football and be a competent quarterback. So, you know, you're going to have... Taylor's going to have the chance to actually just run like a normal running back, which is scary if you're a defense. I think it's going to come down to the Titans and the Colts. And 
<sighs> Texans are going to be competitive. They're going to be better than people think. They're going to be like middle of the road. Jaguars are going to be four or five wins tops, if that, maybe three or four. Um, but they're not going to be such a. I can't. I can't say they're going to win any more than four games, just because there's so much going on in that team. It's a mess. Um, ah, if I pick one, Tennessee, Houston, or not? Uh, excuse me, Tennessee, Indy. I gotta go Indy. I'm gonna say Indy to win the South. Okay. I respect everything you said, Chris. Houston's, uh, I agree. Houston's middle of the road. They're building, slowly building. They're trying to build build that image of the New England Patriots. That's what they're trying to do. Um, Tennessee, I think a lot of hinges on not not Willis, but actually Traylon Burks, the guy they're hoping is the replacement for A.J. Brown. He has that, you know, same physical um, appearance, same stature, same build as A.J., so that's what they're hoping for. Indy, I think, really needs to run the ball and exploit everyone on that play-action pass. Jacksonville just needs needs to build. They need to build. They need to, you know, give Travis Etienne. Hopefully he makes it this year. Uh, I'd like to see what he does. Um, and then they got more pieces for Trevor Lawrence. So I, I want to see where that goes. This is where I see it landing, though. Do you remember a couple years ago what the AFC South, AFC South looked like in 2019? Oh, yeah. And I was trying to think back. I'm like, what year? And I'm looking back through all the years. I'm like, yep. And that's why it's standing out because that was our first year where we uh, we started recording. And we just watched the evolution of this division. Just who's going to win? And it turned out Houston won with a 10-6 and six record. Tennessee was a wild card with a 9-7 and seven record. Indy was 7-9. and nine, And I think they lost to... They lost the last week to somebody. I think it was Jacksonville. And Jacksonville was 6-10. and 10. So you had a four-game difference from division winner to the the bottom of the division, I think. I think that's where we're going to land this year. And I'm going to lean towards Tennessee. Okay. Only slightly. But I think they're going to fight with Houston as that number two spot. It sounds like Matt Ryan. I'm just wondering if if Father Time is right behind him saying, hey, it's time. See, I would, I would, I'd have that concern. My only reason that I don't is Matt Ryan is, everybody knows Matt Ryan's not coming in there to be the offensive juggernaut on that team. That's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and and with with Hines as a backup, who I mean, both of them are always on the field. They're both. I mean, I'm not obviously not every play, but I mean they're playing. They're not injury prone players. And offensive line is just as good as it's been. Running game strong. Receivers, uh, I, receivers are gonna be pretty good, I think. Especially Pittman. I think Pittman's gonna have a nice year with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan can certainly get him the ball better than Wentz could. Matt Ryan just has to come in. And hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor 25 times a game yep. and not turn the ball over. 
and just be a veteran presence. Look, Wentz's history in locker rooms has been shaky. And Phillip Rivers, the year before, he's, you know, whatever, he's Phillip Rivers. I never heard anybody say anything bad about Matt Ryan out of off the field in the locker room. Like, dude's got a good track record. Are they going to go far in the playoffs? I don't think so. Because you get an elite defense that is just shut down Taylor or tried to shut down Taylor and stop everything else, even if Taylor isn't stoppable. They're not going to make it far. But that's my own. That's my own. That's my line of thinking there. I don't think Ryan's going to be great, but I think he's going to be good enough and he's going to be better than Carson Wentz, whatever that's worth. AFC North: the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, and Cincinnati Bengals. What do you got here? Well, I'd like to go with Cincinnati. I really would. I just think it, they're built to to win. They're built to win in the NFL in this generation. They are three wide. They have a dual threat running back. They have a quarterback that commands the offense, commands the, the locker room, has the respect of everybody. It's everything you want. They won to the Super Bowl and they almost won. Um, I don't. I, I know they they fixed the off offensive line issue because that crap in the Super Bowl turnstile literally crossed them again. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they needed to address anything else outside of that, but they did address that. What gives me pause? is the Lamar Jackson scorched earth tour. Because if this guy starts the season and we're not that far away, and he doesn't have a new contract, he is going to put it down this year. And someone's going to pay him a larger contract than Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's my prediction. Is if he starts the season. Now, I'm not saying if he gets his contract, he's going to go fat, happy. Yeah, I'm good. No, he's still going to be really, really good. And I think it'll be a, a, a fight to the end of the um, season. But if he gets – boy, if he's got that little extra edge, I don't think anyone has a shot in hell to, to compete with the Baltimore Ravens. So, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens because I don't, th- I don't think they're going to put together – a contract package that's going to satisfy him, his agent, and really just, I think a lot of these contracts that quarterbacks have gotten have just really magnified in his eyes because he feels like, and in some of the cases, if not all, it's justified because there's a lot of players out there who just, Matt Stafford had a really good season and he just got a buttload of money. Yep. Yeah, I know he won a Super Bowl, yep. but if you subtract one piece here, one piece here, I don't know where we're at. I don't know if LA's in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati might be winning the Super Bowl. So I don't have faith in Pittsburgh right now because I don't believe in the quarterback they drafted. I don't believe in the quarterback they signed as a free agent. And Cleveland, Cleveland, they're just they're going to have their their. Star quarterback that they hold up high 
he's out for 13 weeks. And I think Cincinnati's going to fight for division uh, title, and they'll get in the playoffs. I, I wholeheartedly believe that they have too much talent, and their arsenal is just ridiculous. But this is going to be Lamar's year. I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, too many question marks. The defense is still going to be great. Um, you got Trubisky and Pickett at quarterback. That's 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 a huge deal. Even if you end up going with the veteran Trubisky, uh, I mean, good luck there. We'll see. Najee Harris, I think, is going to have a real nice year. Uh, that, that kid looked really good last year, both rushing and receiving. Uh, Deontay Johnson, if he can hold on to the ball. And you got Chase Claypool, people seem to have forgotten about. Uh, and, I mean, rightfully so. He hasn't done much to endear himself to uh, <laughs> the NFL in general. But, I mean, quarterback situation works out. This team might make a run, but I don't think they're going to be – even if they do, it's going to be a year of development and then maybe a threat next season. Browns, congratulations. You got your quarterback. Um, and now by the time he steps onto the field for you, it's going to be, what, about two and a half years since he threw an actual meaningful pass in the league. Right. So – Maybe he doesn't miss a beat. Maybe this is a lost season even with him on the field. Anyways, too many variables, and poor Nick Chubb has yet another year of his career wasted. Uh, definitely Bengals and Ravens competing for this one. Uh, I, I do agree with you. I think the Ravens edge it out because all the injuries they went through last year and some pretty shaky two-point conversion calls to end of games that could have potentially been a two-point win differential in the other direction for them, or a two-game, excuse me really changed things. This was still a competitive team even with all the injury issues. If they come back healthy and that running game is what it needs to be, and Lamar is Lamar with a chip on his shoulder, um, forget it. Bengals will absolutely compete for the division. They'll be a wild card contender without a doubt. No knock on them. They're going to be super competitive. And if any team in this division takes it from the Ravens, it will be the Bengals. But pissed off Lamar, pissed off healthy Lamar with weapons around him. And his agent's his mom. I mean, dude, like, you need more reasons to like this guy. Right. I mean, dude, how likable can a dude be? And I'm a Patriots fan. He's a Ravens player. Like, come on. You still got, I still love Lamar. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens. All right. So, I think we're going to pick the same division winner here. I really do. Unless you're going to try to pull a shocker here. Uh, AFC East, the New York Jets, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, and the New England Patriots. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to be better. I think Mac Jones is going to have another year of progress. It's going to be positive. This could be could be a team to compete for a wild card spot. Although it is going to be such a crazy, crazy competitive wild card pool in this league. There's going to be some incredibly talented teams that could have possibly been division winners, or, I mean, high caliber teams that are just you know, playing on the first Saturday of the, of the postseason because <laughs> there's just so much talent. Even with all of it, they couldn't, you know, get to the top. Um, How good are they going to be? I don't know. I think I think they're going to be better than people who give them credit for uh, because I pay a lot of attention to them. I'm a Pats fan, obviously. I live in the area. But um, they're still going to have a hard time competing with the Dolphins, who are good on defense and – is Tyreek Hill going to have the same effect for Tua that he had for Patrick Mahomes? No, because I don't think Tua is as good as Patrick Mahomes. But they're going to be effective. And the Dolphins have other offensive weapons. 
Uh, they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be right about on par with the Patriots. The Bills, I think, again, clear away this division winner uh, by a couple of games by the time all is said and done. Josh Allen's going to be an MVP candidate. Um, this is the year for them, though. Like, three years ago, it was, oh, this is a surprise. Look how good they're doing. Now they're the darlings. Now they're up and coming. Last year, they were dominant. They were expected to win. They didn't get it done. This year, um, you know, you got to do it. You have no excuse. You have one of the best offenses in the league. You have arguably the most versatile quarterback in the league. You have the line. Running game isn't great, but good enough. And the receiving core is pretty damn good, too. And the defense is legit. They were great last year, and they had injury problems. This team is poised to win and make a Super Bowl run. They're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC, without a doubt. Maybe in the entire NFL. They win the East. Jets are also there. I mean, <laughs> nah, I kid. Zach Wilson, injury didn't help, obviously, because not only is he not able to play in the preseason now, but he's not able to practice, which means when he does come back, he's pretty much been sidelined for a month. That Jets won the draft on paper. Have to wait and see him play on the field to see what that's worth. But they had a great draft. Robert Sala appears he's moving that team in the right direction. Injury problems on the offensive line already, as Makai Becton, their big man, that they got to just shut down that side of the line, is injured out for the year. Wilson, who knows? They said it's going to be a short-term injury. We'll see. Man. I mean, I think they're bottom of the AFCs in the end. Um, Bills are top, and Patriots and Dolphins are floating somewhere in the middle. So my intrigue, so I, th I think top and bottom kind of, kind of just sit status quo. You know, Josh Allen and the Bills are just top of the top of the division for now, and then the Jets. I just, I just don't think they're going to get out of their own way. It's really just how Tua and, and Tyreek um, can marry that offense. Because it, it's, it's funny because Tua speaks, uh, not Tua, Tyreek speaks so highly of Tua's accuracy. And this guy just came from an offense with one of the most accurate, insanely good, talented quarterbacks in this generation. And I, I I'm I'm kind of shoving that into the argument for just just because I need I it, it needs to be known that Tua is good. I like Tua. He's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. And I think if Dolphin fans understand that, they can they, they can gauge their expectation of what this team is going to be because this is not. Take Tyreek Hill off the Chiefs. Drop him on to the Miami Dolphins offense. Voila. Everything's going to be beautiful. Everything's going to work just the same as Kansas City. It's not quite that easy. And I think that there might be some misconceptions of what actually is going to happen in Miami. I think they're going to be better offensively. But structurally, I liked, and I think this is me harboring a little animosity towards the Dolphins because I liked what Brian Flores did down there. 
and I think he got the short end of the stick from the owner because it was going to really be scary uh, in a, another year or two as that team built. Boy, it was going to be a three-headed race in this division. But I just think give it a year, year and a half, I think this offense might just not click like they expected it to. And I don't know if, you know, I like Jalen Waddle. I don't know if he's going to be enough to really make that offense versatile. And, you know, the big piece in, in, in Kansas City is Travis Kelsey. Is Mike Gusecki enough of Travis Kelsey to really open up this offense? And the real, the real barometer is going to be Tua and how accurate he can be. Which is why I think the Patriots, you know, if you stand back 5,000 feet and you look at them, I think the Patriots just have what, and this will be, this could be my bias, but I just think they have a little bit more consistency in their offense. And they do, they, they will do what they do best. And if they can't do it really good, they're not going to do it. Whereas I think Miami might try to do, try to force some of that Kansas City high flying offense. And if they haven't perfected it yet, or they don't have the protection, or they don't have enough of a running game, or Mike Gusecki can't mimic what Travis Kelsey does, it's not going to look good. And I understand their defense is really good, and they got two really good corners. Chris, you know it, I know it. If your offense can't consistently perform and put drives together, and your defense is always on the field, oh yeah, what happens? Defense gets worn out, not effective. They start getting run down. It's not pretty. Oh. And, and so I, I just think I, I I'll grant them they could prove me wrong, but I don't think after year one, this off season, I don't think we're gonna. We're going to see what the peak Miami Dolphins is going to be. I think that happens next year if they build it correctly. And I just think they need they, – they maybe they have their running back in their stable. I don't know. But I think that's the one piece that they might really be missing to really unlock this, this offense. And you're right about the Bills. This is kind of – Shitter got off the pot time for them. Yeah, I mean, they really can't. I mean, they can't well round out their offense and defense any better and still stay under their salary cap, especially now with Josh Allen's new contract taken in. And the money they gave Bob Miller. Yeah, I mean, this is absolutely. I, I, look, if they don't win this year, it's not like they're going to be bad next year. That's not what I'm saying. But people are going to get less and less forgiving. I know a lot of Bills fans who were very, very upset the way last season's game uh, ended for them in, a, in the AFC Championship game. It's a game they should have won, realistically. Um, they don't... <laughs> Mahomes and Tyreek Hill aren't standing in the way anymore. Tyreek Hill is down in Miami. He's not with him, Mahomes. So, they played that game again last year without Tyreek Hill. A much different outcome. I don't know what uh, his numbers were in that game, but even his presence on the field changes the defensive formation. So, it would have been different. Um... It's a very, very, very competitive, very competitive conference now, though. You got some 
a lot of talent. That one almost exclusively went from NFC to AFC this offseason. So it's not going to be an easy road no matter what. And, and, and Chris, I think the Bengals have passed the Bills. I think the Chargers are right right next to them. Yeah. Because let's, let's be honest. The Chargers and the Bills, there's not much difference there. Same with the Ravens and the, and the Bills. So there's a lot of teams that are right there next to the Bills that the Bills have been held to this. They are the next They are the next team. And who was in the Super Bowl last year? The Cincinnati Bengals. Right. So this is otherwise I, – I, I get your point, Chris. It, that contract, you know, the, the, the contracts, the salary cap, as much as we know, it's monopoly money and they can move stuff around. At some point, you know, you you gave your one player too much money, or your couple players too much money, and now you're sitting there. You need more return on investment from that one player, and you're going to have to give them less pieces. That's just the reality of the situation. Which is why the Chargers are maximizing their their output right now. It's why the Bengals are maximizing what they can do for. Overall, because that contract's going to be astronomical. And you have the Raiders are trying to maximize what they can do. And the Ravens, I don't know what they're trying to do, but I know Lamar Jackson seems like it's... Let me ask you something. Yeah. Say the Ravens don't get a deal with them with Lamar. I know everybody says, oh, I'm not negotiating during the season. I'm not this, I'm not that. We'll see. Maybe, maybe right. not. Season ends, Mar Jackson doesn't have a new deal. He actually hits free agency. Any chance Baltimore brings him back in free agency, or do you think he's gone if he's a free agent? Look, he he, he takes the visit. He absolutely does take the visit. See, this is not like some some leagues where it is more financially financially uh, incumbent on the player to stay with their team because the team can offer more. I don't think we're in that case. It's just a matter of how much money that can that team offer and can they offer more than the original team. I'm looking up and down this. Yeah. There's a couple teams I see that just they're they're enough at the bottom where they can they can go to Lamar and say, look, we have this, we have this, we have this. We now have a top three draft pick. We have a top three second round pick. We've accumulated this talent. We've accumulated these more draft picks. Here's a contract offer. This is what comes with it. I'm really looking at one one team really, Chris. Well, let me think, let me um, think, let me think. Maybe two, but realistically, it's one team I'm staring at. Uh, AFC or NFC? NFC. Okay. Um, I don't think it'd be Seattle. Because that line is not going to help him at all. It'd be a mess. Maybe Atlanta? 
That's the team I'm thinking about. Yep. Arthur Blank is willing to sign a check. Yep. He is. Look, players get to. I, I understand there's 32 owners and they, they're all in it together to make money. And they, you know, but the reality of the situation is free agency hits, man. Hey, you had your opportunity, Baltimore. You could have signed him. Mm-hmm. You had at least two years to sign him. You didn't do it. You didn't come through. Lamar, here's a check. They have Kyle Pitts. They drafted Drake London. They're going to have probably a top five pick, if not top three pick. Decent decent defense. Offensive line that's trying to put together. Look, two draft picks, and you add Lamar Jackson. Two draft picks at offensive line and Lamar Jackson. And now you just say, all right, let's see what you can do. Get Kyle Pitts. What? Lamar that's what made does. me think of the Falcons. And I'm thinking that's exactly the kind of offensive structure you want to start out with. Dominant tight end, great athlete, yeah. can draw the defense away. Yep. That's I mean, I was I was thinking Carolina too, but I'm like I don't I don't know what direction they would go. And realistically, offensively, I don't know if they have a future player that they're that, you know, Lamar could look at and say, Yes, we can build together. Right. They got Drake London wide receiver they got kyle pitts last year those are two young players that he could say there's my number one receiver there's my number one tight end i did great work with mark andrews what can i do with kyle pitts and you just build from there and and they'll have like i said they'll have a top five top three first round pick they'll have a top five second round pick plus whatever else they have sitting in the Trevor uh, the, the war chest, and just look at it, Chris. Tampa Bay. As soon as Tom leaves, that team goes down. New Orleans a question mark, and who knows what Carolina is like? They could literally, if they could work it out right, they could go get Lamar and next five years run the division. I thought of another one. So. What about the Giants? Hear, hear me out here. It's nothing to do with the structure of the team around him being better. It's look from the flashy suit to to the the uh, I don't want to say braggy because he's he's confident because he's talented. Uh, Lamar, what would he love better than to go to the biggest media market in the world, where he's going to have? Not only is he going to get paid handsomely, but he's going to have every kind of endorsement you can imagine to sign with a team that has talent at receiver and needs someone to get them the ball that can actually move because the offensive line struggles, although it shouldn't with all the money they've invested into it. And I think even if Saquon has a good year this year, he's not going to go in next year getting a massive uh, Christian McCaffrey-style extension or a Zeke Elliott contract. Unless he's an MVP winner, uh, he's not going to get that top-notch money. So you could even re-sign him. And you have good receivers, questionable line, great running game, and one of the single most versatile players in the entire league in the biggest market in the world. That honest, it immediately turns the Giants from laughingstock afterthought to, whoa, the biggest market team in the, in, in the league is back. 
Yeah, I would just argue the point that they have any sort of semblance of young, up-and-coming, talented wide receivers that would gain confidence in Lamar Jackson. And the tight end is not is not there to really satiate the need. I understand your point, though. Kenny Galladay it's, was a top-five receiver prospect two years ago. I mean, and, and he didn't just forget how to play. Right, and if you've seen the memes going around how he whiffed on a block in a preseason game where he's playing with the second second team, it, it's horrifying that he's given that <laughs> kind of performance. That. Yeah, he's given poor performance because he is upset because he is on a second team playing in a preseason game that he probably feels like he shouldn't be playing in, to be honest. Um, and to your point about the market, he that could be a factor for him. I would just say the NFL is so big right now that you could market yourself anywhere. Sure. I think, and this is not... Do not get me wrong, Chris. This is not an analogy. LeBron James has made himself to be marketable anywhere. He made Cleveland on the map because of who he is. Mm -hmm. I would say Lamar, not to that level, could make it. I mean, look what Michael Vick did. It. Yeah. He he made it electric down there for X number of years and brought them. Close in the playoffs, but not quite to the promised land. But that's where that's where it just it just seems to fit. That's just, that just to me it seems to fit the pieces. Oh no, I agree. I, I think that's a better call. I would just I would just throwing ideas out there, like if I mean, there's, but there's no way Baltimore can't resign this guy. I mean, they have to. I mean, if they don't they have to, if they don't, they just they just gift wrap the division to Cincinnati or. Four years, five years. Because yeah. I just don't think that Cleveland experiment's going to work. No, I don't either. At some, some point, that bubble's going to... And then Pittsburgh, I, I think... At some again, point, I, it already has. It's an 11-game suspension to start out his career with the Browns. Yeah, I mean, right. it's not getting you're, better. You're right. You're right. And I think that uh, that's Steelers... That was an 0-2 pitch, and they got... I think they swung and missed uh, in the draft. My personal belief, I could be wrong. Uh, and I'm not going to pull Daniel Jones here, and I'm not going to go back on it. <laughs> From now on, Chris, when I make a statement about a quarterback, I will eat it if it, if I'm wrong. But I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it five. I'm gonna give it five years because if I gave Daniel Jones five years, guess what? I would have only needed three. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, there's a, there's a very short period of time in the second season. People were like, "Oh, maybe this guy's going to be good," and then he played the next couple of games, and we're like, "Yeah, okay, there we go, there we go." There it is. Uh, all right. Well, that was fun. I had to, I jotted down our division winners here, and uh, next time in four weeks when we have an episode, um, we will run down who we feel the wild card teams will be and pick our winners all the way to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, it'll be way too early to do so after two weeks of the season. But you know what? We're going to do it anyways because it's fun, and that's what we're here for. Right. Uh, on... Uh, as far as the top 100 goes, I'm just going to read these off real quick. Ran way longer than we thought we were going to, but hey, it's a fun conversation, so I'm cool with that. Uh, this is number 80 through 71. And again, you know, just kind of read them off. Anything agreed, just feel free to chime in. But 
All right, number 80, running back James Conner. Number 79, offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Number 78, defensive end Trey Hendrickson. Number 77, cornerback Darius Slay. Number 76, a defensive end Brian Burns. 75, safety Antoine Winfield Jr. 74, outside linebacker Demario Davis. 73, running back Corderell Patterson. 72, safety Quandre Diggs. 71, center Jason Kelsey. Anything in there that made you do a double take, shake your like, head, disagree like with? Cordell Patterson just seems like a little, a little high. I get, I get what he did. That's good, but just seems a little high. Yeah, that, that's the only one that just kind of stood out to me. It's like, I, I get it. He he did a lot for the offense. Is that going to mimic? Going forward, probably not. But yeah, we had Cordero Patterson on the Patriots for a few seasons. He was a really nice player, made some really exciting plays. But consistency, maintaining that level, has always been kind of his issue. Right. And he had a fantastic season for the Falcons last year uh, on a team that they got to a point where they knew he was really the weapon that they had to use, and that was it. And he still performed. I mean, if he'd done that his entire career, he would have probably been with one team and, and been a Hall of Fame caliber player. But he hasn't been able to maintain that. So we'll see how far, you know, how, how how much of last year he can duplicate this year. But I don't, I don't have a problem with him being there. Honestly, I'm kind of impressed that they didn't vote him higher because his league is so, such a so many knee jerk reactions to everything in this league. You see somebody do a whole different play style one week, and all of a sudden it's the future of the league, and no one's going to be able to figure it out. And three weeks later, that team can't win with that same format. So it's right. so competitive. We'll see. I don't know, uh, but. I, I honestly am impressed they didn't put him in the top 30, truthfully, the way <laughs> things usually go in this league. But All right, so we're going to go 70 to 61. At number 70, we have safety Tyron Matthew. 69, defensive end Cameron Jordan. 68, offensive guard Zach Martin. 67, safety Buda Baker. 66, defensive tackle DeForest Buckner. 65, quarterback Derek Carr. 64, linebacker Devin White. 63, wide receiver Jalen Waddell. 62, defensive end Chandler Jones. And 61, quarterback Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'd have to see where the rest of the quarterbacks line up. Kind of judge. I feel like (laughs) Russ is a little low, in my opinion. But Here's the thing, though. They're kind of going on. I think a lot of this has to do with previous year's performance. He was injured for a lot of last year. True. So You're I right. agree with you. You got to see kind of what the other quarterbacks rank. We haven't seen a lot of them yet. Uh, we saw. I think we saw Mac Jones up in the mid nineties, which I think is you know again I think that's right, or maybe it was mid eighties. I can't remember. It was last week, but you know that's fine considering you know up and down rookie season. This guy, oh, man, I've, people got mad at me before for. You know, I, I don't think he's an elite level top tier, tippity top quarterback. I think he's just a notch below that. Still very, very good. Still very competent. I do think he's better than 61, but I get it considering how little we played last year. 
That's the only one that I thought was yeah. same here. St- stood out. It's been pretty me. good so far. And again, it's hard to argue. I mean, the players actually play with these guys vote, but players can also right. be very biased as well. So very, very true, Chris. All right. Well, that I think is going to wrap it up for this episode. Unless you have anything else. No, I'm all set. All right. If you have any questions for Ben or I on anything you've heard on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can I get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. And our Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And uh, I have not updated that website in some time. Um, so if you go there, it's, it's kind of a ghost town. We have not <laughs> forgotten about it. Uh, but there is still the forum you can fill out, which will email us and let us know if you have questions or comments or things you'd like to see on the show. So if the, even the content is not updated, you can go and, and still let us know your thoughts, which you know, we'd greatly appreciate. If you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here in four weeks. Thank you.